Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 154th episode of the Truth Island podcast. Perhaps one of the most unsettling things about the 21st century is people's inability to hear, comprehend, and accept the truth. During previous eras in history, there had always been a legitimate reason as to why the truth was hidden. Poor science, high levels of illiteracy, few schools, a corrupt government, the list goes on. However, we now live in a time where nearly every household enjoys the privileges of high-speed internet, and the sum of all human knowledge can be found on just a few easy-to-navigate websites. And yet, even with such unfettered access to information, most of us are still highly confused, ignorant, and unsure as to what they should believe. While no one person can be 100% correct 100% of the time, surely by now we should be a lot further along in our understanding than our ancestors who faced far greater obstacles in obtaining knowledge. While some are quick to point the finger at our dysfunctional and underfunded school system, perhaps there is something more scarier that is going on behind the scenes. Perhaps it is not our lack of access to information, but rather our our inability to handle the truth, which keeps us running towards comfortable lies. Indeed, most humans would probably do just about anything to avoid hearing how selfish we've all been, how we've plundered resources for ourselves, how we turn a blind eye towards the homeless and those starving away in distant lands. We make up excuses such as, I just need to have a little fun, or, oh, yeah, man, I, I got to look out for my mental health. I, I got to just relax for a bit. While these excuses seem plausible, and we all need breaks every so often from the grimness of reality, when does our aversion from the truth start to threaten our very existence? While it may appear that most of the existential threats that humanity faces are simply out of our control, this simply isn't the case. We are already in possession of the technology to feed just about everyone. We could most likely end climate change, We could probably give everyone a house who needs it. And with enough research, we would most likely be able to eliminate huge chunks of diseases that currently plague us. And yet, despite this truth, most of us can't seem to break away for even a tiny second to even listen. Joining me to help figure out why Homo sapiens are so averse to the truth, I am once again joined by Kenny. Kenny, why do you think so many people are afraid of hearing the truth? <laughs> the truth isn't sexy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's for sure. Um, the truth is uh, the truth is often something that you know is is something that often conflicts with our interests, and so there's really uh, very very there's very little reason to listen to. It's 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 there's very little reason to listen to you know anybody telling you what you know what is true, um, especially when it's you know when it's that something when it's something that goes against everything you've believed or so, everything you've uh, that you live your life by. There's also the matter of we're living in a time this is, you know, postmodernism and all that where everybody has their own truth. So what makes your truth more important than my truth, or what makes your truth more true than my truth, and so forth, and so. It's a very confusing time because it's almost as though there is no truth. There is only the individual's 
the individual's uh, observations and the individual's, well, I guess, basically put it simply, the, the individual's truth. And the individual's truth is far greater and more important than the collective truth. Okay, I want to kind of examine what you're saying. And, and I actually agree with a large part of it. So I have encountered these people like, um, you know, I do frequent meetups, or I used to frequent meetups. And there are these people out there when you go into the world of meetup, that especially old, I would say like, this is really prevalent amongst older gentlemen is that once you hit a certain age, you already have an identity like that. that this is your, like you're 60 years old or whatever it is. This is your identity and it doesn't really change. And if it did change, it would be life shattering because you have already built up an edifice. You've built up an entire lifestyle, believing certain things to be true. And if those things were proven to be untrue, the entire fabric of your existence would be instantly decimated everything that you have fought the past 60 70 years for and i get that i 110% get you know you reach 70 years old and you've gone your whole life believing believing a certain thing and now someone comes and pops it you're like oh my god my my 70 years is is a complete has been a complete waste i get that what i'm more concerned about is people who are younger people who are 20 30 why would you not at least entertain opposing views so that you could course correct and pivot your ship in the correct direction? Because I think that like if you're 25, you can instantly tear yourself down and rebuild. And that's not going to be such a big deal. It's not such a, you don't, you haven't made such a footprint on this world that that's going to be devastating. And I'll just, I'll come out and say, like, I've had to tear myself down several times and reinvent myself. And I may have to do it again. And the reason I, I openly say that is because I want to make sure that ultimately I'm sailing in the correct direction. So it doesn't matter how many times I have to tear apart the ship. I ultimately want to get where I want to get. And the only way to get there is by following the truth. Because if I'm subscribing to a false identity, I'm never going to arrive where I want to arrive. So I, I, I still see this reluctance in people to listen to ideas that, that may challenge their individual truth. And I'm like, okay, I, I understand my 75 year old who, you know, their whole life is going to be shattered and it might be a little too late for them to completely rebuild. I don't understand why that's the case with like a 26 year old who has so much time in their life to, you know, destroy everything and rebuild and head on a, on a, on a better path. Theoretically, it should be that simple in the sense of you have enough time to change things up, you know, you're still young, you have a lot of, there's still a lot of potential for your future. And so let's just say your life hasn't, people usually say life begins at 40, nah, nah. but the idea, life begins when life begins. But, you know, the idea is that, yeah, you're still young enough to, to how you said, you know, course correct. But there's, there's a factor missing from that. And if, I think here's what's missing is, um, human nature. Human beings are um, very you know, um, territorial, and we're very we're very self interested, and so it, it, it's it's this is this is why the idea of my truth versus your truth is so attractive, because it means that nobody can tell you nothing. There was this. Um, 
advert, uh, advertisements I saw many years ago. It was a, you know, it was a, it was a spoof, it was a, a satirical. Um, it was talking to teenagers. I think I mentioned it to you before. It says, uh, are you tired of your, are you tired, talking to teenagers, it says, are you tired of your parents telling you what to do? Are you tired of your teachers telling you what to do? Well, pick up, move out now. Now that you quickly, you know, quickly pick up your, you know, pack your bags and move out and uh, uh, do it as quickly as possible now that you still know everything. So, um, so we don't really like being told what to do. It's, it's just, it's the way, it's the way, it's the way we, we operate. Um, we only listen to those we absolutely worship. Like if, you know, um, talk, a friend of mine once said that, you know, the average father can't convince his kids about what is true. He can't, because that's how our society is built in the sense of um, most kids don't, I mean, look at Homer Simpson. I was watching The Simpsons just a couple, you know, I was sick for the past few days and I've been just, you know, cooped up watching The Simpsons. And Homer is your, you know, is how most movies and most shows and most Americans see fathers is that kind of guy, the dopey, you know, guy who has nothing wise, nothing good to offer, just kind of slugging his way through life and um, bumping into things and somehow makes things slightly all right in the end. But he's like, he's just this lovable dope, which is what we see our dads as. But if you, if let's just say you were, um, you met Jimi Hendrix, you're like, a big, this kid is a big fan of Jimi Hendrix, right? And, and he met Jimi Hendrix. And Jimi Hendrix said, hey man, you gotta, you know, get your act together. He said, okay, sir. <laughs> because that's who he worships. That's who he respects. <laughs> That who, that's who he looks up to. And so the, we, we, only, we only receive things gratefully from those we absolutely respect. There's that whole idea, of, my, my good friend has this question that he asks all the time, and he asks a lot of young men. He says, who's in charge here? That's, a, that's an interesting question, because only the person who is in charge that can take charge. And so if, you're, if, if, the, if the authority of your father or your friends or your mother or your whoever it is, is not, if, no, if those people are not in charge, there's got to be somebody in charge. And it's usually Kim Kardashian, it's usually the stars and the, and, and the celebrities that are, that are in charge. And they tell us what to believe. They tell the young people, the young minds what to believe, and that's what they, who they end up listening to. So it's not that we don't, it's not that we don't listen to true any, truth anymore, is that we only listen to quote unquote what is true from those we deem um, respectable, those we deem to be, you know, worthy of telling us the truth. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think th this is something that goes way far back where we also equate those with having money as being wise as well, because we say to ourselves yeah. like, well, they, if they, if they were a dummy, they would never have become a millionaire. Right. And when we, and then, and like, okay, maybe there's like a half truth or some sense in that. And I, and I get that. And believe me, uh, 10 years of teaching teenagers, 
who are they going to respect? Are they going to respect the working class teacher that's telling them what to do? Or are they going to respect the millionaire rapper who has like, you know, mansions and, and like um, concubines and whatever, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like, you don't stand a chance, right? Like you don't, you don't stand a chance against any of these influences because these people appear like mythical, right? They appear like mythical creatures that have all of this stuff. So when you compare like this million, million dollar rapper to your father or your teacher, your father or your teacher has no chance of, of, of actually convincing you. I think though there, there is like, and, and I don't, I, I try not to argue with teenagers anymore um, because I just, I just have come to the realization that uh, like, wise man. <laughs> It took 10 years of high school has just taught me don't argue with teenagers. They don't know. They don't know anything. And they just have, they need a little bit more suffering under their belt. Okay. Like they, they need to suffer a little bit more and then they can wisen up. I get worried about my, like the people that are young enough to change. So let's say people who are 25 to 40, like, let's say let's, I think that's a good age range where it's like, you already know that you're not going to be that rapper. You already know that that pathway isn't going to work for you. You've already figured that much out, right? You're not in the teenager delusional fantasy element of your mind where you're going to become an NBA player or a rapper or whatever the hell it is that you believe that you are going to be. So I think those people could actually gain the most by sort of destroying their identity a little bit and rebuilding themselves because clearly following the way of being a celebrity, you know, I mean, there's so many people that move to like, let's say Hollywood or whatever, or LA thinking they're going to become an actor or an actress. And it's like, you might have a lot of talent and you might have some really valuable things to offer society, but you need to kind of change your identity and change your paradigm a little bit in order to be successful. And that's where some truth can actually do you some good because now you can reorient your energies in, you know, you can channel it properly in a way that's actually going to make you happy and might find you some success. But it's also the question of, you know, is the truth valuable? When, 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 when we start making money, especially with allowances, when, when our parents, you know, we do, we do certain chores and so forth, and our parents reward us uh, with, uh, you know, a specific amounts of money for the week or the month, however it goes, what, what do we spend our money on? We spend our money on things that we find valuable. We spend our money on things that we enjoy, things that we like, things that mean something to us. Uh, it's hard, I, I wouldn't, uh, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who spends money on something that they don't care about at all. And so it's, it's, it's that thing about what is the truth important to you? And first of all, for the truth, if let's just say that, you know, if the truth is important to somebody, before the truth is even important to anybody, they have to believe that there is such a thing as truth and a truth that is greater than their truth. And so, you know, it, it, it all starts from the very beginning. This really does start from childhood. It starts from, do, is your truth, um, is your truth, what you think about the world, what you believe about the world, actually true, at least compared to what your parents see, believe, and understand about the world? And then how valuable is that? And then as we grow older, we, we, now, we now learn the hierarchy of truth. And now here, we now learn that there are things that we don't know about this life or things that we believe that are just, you know, they're just plainly false or you know misguided and there are those who know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two um 
but but that's not how that's not how we operate. We operate from the very opposite. We operate teaching kids that there are their opinions and their their opinions and their thoughts about the world are far are as just as important as their parents or adults, and sometimes even more important because you know kids are you know innocent little angels, which they're not. And, and so we we have this we have this situation where these kids are going up, and not only do they think you know their truth is super important, but there is no value in truth outside of themselves. And so what we you're you're building a community in the future of chaos, where you know no no one can point to something and say this is the authority by which we um, um, the standard by which we know what is true. So another question we ask is besides if you know if it's valid. So um, is there is there such a thing as truth outside of ourselves? Is it valuable? Where does it come from? What is the standard or the authority by which we understand or measure the truth? And these questions aren't being asked, nor are they being answered. And this is this is part. Of, if this if if not the you know the, the totality of the problem, it's part of the problem. I absolutely love the way that your mind is is working right now, and and I think you've tapped into something. I think that there's a bit of con- I think there's deliberate conditioning going on, where probably some of these media influences are actively telling, like they're telling kids, ignore your parents, ignore those closest to you, follow us. We're, we're, you know, if you follow our way, you're going to become rich or blah 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 and whatever. And okay, that delusion is fine in your like teenage years or your late teenage years, but you're going to become a very damaged individual as you get older and you're, you're finding yourself like not successful or, or any of those things that were promised to you, like any of the things that MTV promised you are not coming true, right? It's like, uh, I think it's that like line in Fight Club where there's a whole generation of men out there that, that are gonna, that are finding out that they're not gonna become rock stars when they get older and they're getting pissed about it. And my, 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 my solution to that is don't get pissed about it. Start digging for the truth. And, and you can, and, and here's why I, I sell the truth as something so valuable is that you can't help yourself until you know what is truly wrong with yourself. You can't, you can't, can't change yourself. You can't get better unless you know exactly what it is, is the problem. And the only way to actually do a full diagnostic check on yourself is to know exactly what the truth is. You need, you need to stare it in the face and know what it is. It's the only way that you're going to actually get better. And in my opinion, like if you're, if you're a rich dude, you probably don't give two craps about the truth. Why? Because you're already rich and successful. If you're rich and successful, you don't give a crap about the, the truth. You just care about, uh, you know, maintaining your followers, maintaining your status, maintaining your wealth or whatever it is. That's all. That's your bottom line, right? Like I, I'm, I'm rich. You're just in a maintenance plan. But to those of us who are less successful or those of us who are struggling right now, I think they could actually benefit from knowing the truth. Because in order to be successful, in order to actually live in a world that you want to live in, you need to start doing some soul searching. You need to start 
uh, investigating these things. And you might need to hear some things that are a little bit painful about society and things that are painful about you personally. And the more you avoid that, the more you, it's kind of like, I, I, I kind of liken this to a guy who the doctor tells him, listen, man, you need to get this back surgery. If you don't get this back surgery, it's only going to get worse. But you're like, no, 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 man, no, no, I'm okay. It's like, well, all right, then, you know, and then every single year you start losing more and more and more mobility over time. I, I see the same thing with this and the truth. The more you run away from the truth, the further you become from actually realizing who you are, what talents you have and what you can provide. And, and, also see some of the ugliness that's going on to society right now and, and start addressing it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's the doctor has reason to know. And, you know, most of us will believe the doctor. Some of us won't, but most of us will believe the doctor because the doctor has reason to know. And so it's, it's a, it's a question of who's in charge here and, you know, who has, who has the authority. So outside of the medical sphere, you know, if a doctor tells you you need back surgery, you better believe it. But even these days, we ask for a second opinion. We have to, you know, we have to get like two or three opinions and then we say, okay, fine. <laughs> but we don't have any respect for, for people we don't, who, who are not celebrities. We don't have any respect or, or you can, it's just for some reason, I don't know why that is, but we don't, we can't accept truth from people we don't, we don't really respect. And, uh, and this is one of those places where truth comes from. It, it, it is is the person who has reason reason to know. I, I've never been to Zimbabwe, but I believe it exists because I believe that you know people who have traveled to Zimbabwe, at least not all of them. Some of them are credible people, and they have you know documented that these this is a place that actually exists. And now I believe them because they're credible human beings. And so that's part of that's this is this is an idea of you know this is part of this is one of those things that we don't we don't really ever consider because we have so many we have so many thoughts and so many things that we hold as true that we've never really actually thought about for ourselves. We just believe people throughout our lives. And we think that we never consider that that's 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 one way of knowing that our parents have seen such a thing, such and such a things in our lives, or our teachers have seen such and such things in their lives. And because of their own experiences, where they've been, what they've read, what they've seen, what they've observed, and, and come and, and make conclusions out of, they're trying to pass it down to us. But we, 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 we for some reason or the other, don't make that connection that these people have reason, not only to have reason to know, but if they're also credible people, then why don't we believe them? So I, I think the first step in this is on like, we need to like disconnect money from truth. That's the first step. And it seems, I'm just saying this, it seems like super obvious, but I guess for most people, it's not obvious. And what I mean by that is right now, money is tethered to truth, meaning those who have money must, must be speaking the truth. Otherwise they wouldn't have money. And I'm going to, I'm going to put this this idea out here and I'm going to plant this seed you know to whoever is listening out there and hear me out on this maybe hmm. money is actually tethered to lies and I want <laughs> I want I want I want you to actually just soak that in a little bit and I'm going to give you a, a good example of this okay I'm going to give you a, a real life example of how money is tied to lies 
there are a lot of like YouTube uh, financial gurus out there like, yo, yo, check out my cryptocurrency thing. I'm going, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there was actually an investigative journalist who um, researched these guys, like a lot of these, um, uh, you know, financial gurus. And what they found is that most of these financial gurus don't actually make their money from crypto or don't make their money through real estate or any of the things that they profess they make their money from. They actually make their money through the ad revenue from their YouTube videos or from selling their courses or their, you know, video material or whatever. So they're, they're saying outwardly, oh, I make my money through real estate or I make my money through crypto or whatever, and you can too. Whereas in actuality, their money is not coming from the things that they profess or they claim that their money comes from. It actually comes from just suckers buying their expensive courses that don't teach them anything. That's how they actually get to be rich. So that's like a real life example of how money could actually be tied to lies. You know, another, I'll give you, I'll use another example of this. You know, um, if you take um, a lot of media companies and so forth, it's like, you're getting these outrageous, ridiculous ass headlines, ridiculous, you know, super exaggerated. And then you read the article and you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't match what the headline said. But again, it's another example of like, if they didn't put these outrageous lies in their headlines, no one would click on the article. No one would buy the newspaper. No one would subscribe to their content or whatever. And there's tons of people doing this on YouTube and they're wealthy. They got the, the Lamborghini and the, and the decent house or, or so they appear, but their entire life is a fabrication. Their entire life is a lie. And we need to start training people to see that. They need to start seeing that these wealthy people are actually wealthy as a result of, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to overgeneralize and say all of them. I'm sure there is like a, a dude out there who created a wonderful antibiotic and saved lives and so forth. And, and he damn well earns his money. But there's a lot of people who are peddling lies out there and getting rich. And I think that needs to sink in with a lot of people, that the people who are speaking the truth, they're not the richest people, they're, but they actually are, are good people. Like I actually think that a lot of people don't become rich because they have a conscience. They can't, they can't lie to you. And, and, I, and I've told this to many people. I, I've, to, I've said to them this, I have the potential to be the perfect Republican, I have the potential to be the perfect Democrat. I could be the perfect conservative, the perfect liberal, because I know all the talking points. I know all of the talking points that could make me the prototype or the perfect this, that, or the other thing. I choose not to be those things because I want to speak the truth. You know, even though it might be more profitable for me to just uh, adapt a persona and just run with it, I don't want to do it. Like my conscience is like, Aaron, you know that the world is more complicated than that, right? You, you need to speak the truth. So that's what we need to start training our young people to start seeing that a lot of these folks that are wrapped in money, a lot of it is based on smoke and mirrors. Yeah. I mean, this whole idea that, you know, um, the love of money is the root of all evil. Situations like that are people simply taking, you know, taking, taking advantage of the greed that a lot of young people have because everybody wants to be rich and it's not just young people but mostly it's young people because we have we we, we, we want to make a name for ourselves and we want to we want to everybody wants to retire at 30 or 40. so but the idea the idea still stands in the sense of you know um the where where you find where you find people you know 
saying that they have some sort of secret knowledge that'll get you, you know, make you millions in a matter of minutes, days, or weeks. You give your numbers. It's it's often it's often you know predatory, and 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 um, um, the victims and the preys are usually you know uh, people who who are greedy. You know, there's it's, it's usually greed, but. I think you're right. There has to be this place where the young mind comes, where we train the young minds to understand the difference. Because our stars and our celebrities, I mean, they didn't, hopefully, they're not making money from, you know, selling miracle oil to, to people, but they're, you know, in, they're making music, they're in films, writing books and so forth, and that's bringing them revenue. Some of them have investments that grow and so forth, but they've become the gods amongst us. And there is there is this connection between fame, riches, and power, and truth, or should I say, those who ought to know, those who have reason to know. And because because they are the gods and the demigods, we 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 worship at their altar, and whatever they say is law. So there has to be this you know this disassociation of uh, truth from wealth, power, and status, and simply truth. Truth being what is true, because just because somebody's rich doesn't mean that they can't say something that's true, or just because somebody's poor doesn't mean they can't do the same thing. Because I've I've noticed that the greedy, the, the rich and the poor can both be greedy sons of bastards. And so, at the end of the day, we, it's it's about you know it's about having a mind, having your own mind, and a mind that's that's a mind that 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 values what is true. Because if your mind doesn't do that, you're going to fall for anything. You're going to fall for everything. But when you value what is true, when you value, um, when you when you when you value that which cuts through, you know, um, through the BS that the world feeds us on a daily basis, you find that your life changes. You find that you um, you find that you 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 don't you don't run where the masses run. You don't run when they run, but you um, you see things a bit clear. You know, you see things much, you know, much, 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 much clearly, and uh, it's it's very beneficial. But you, but it's important. It's important that each man, each woman, begins to this. You know, begins to want to see, wants to see. If because if if you don't see it, you gotta you at least desire it. Wants to see the value and knowing what is true. Because it's beneficial to the life, to, to your everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny. I just told my girlfriend yesterday, I said, as I get older, I realize doing the exact opposite of everyone else is probably the best way to go in this world. <laughs> because everyone like because everyone else is climbing up some other person's pyramid. That's that's what I see. I, I, I see whatever it is like everyone's like, oh, are you doing this? Are you doing that? I'm like, dude. You're just you're ascending some other rich dude's pyramid in order to get that person richer. Like it's like it's kind of like in in a way, all of the things that we're into are sort of just pyramid schemes um, to, to enhance the like no one ever no one ever became rich or powerful by following someone else's pyramid scheme. That that's just like first that that that's where my mind goes right right away. Um, and so from, from a pragmatic standpoint, it's like you have to start seeing the truth because if you're not if you're not seeing it, you're going to get trapped in someone else's pyramid and you're going to end up enriching someone else 
and, and you won't even know it. You, you'll think you're going somewhere, but you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like it, it is in everyone's interest to kind of wake up. And if we wake up, it allows us to actually, it, it allows us to actually start figuring out what it is that we really want in this world, okay? If everyone accepts, all right, you know what, not all of us are going to become rich. How do we make life better being middle class? How do we make life better being poor? How do we make it better for teachers, for police officers, for firefighters, for EMTs? Like, how can we get these people who just work regular, plain old jobs, better lives? We're not promising them mansions and pies in the skies, but I think that the less people are pursuing these false pyramids, the more they can start directing their their mind into like, how can I just make my dad's life better? How can I make my son's life better? How can I make my wife have a happier life? How can I make the people at my workplace have a better life? That's the kind of refocus that, you know, like it's a very localized focus, but it's actually the the focus that's going to lead to the most change. But I, I think that people get so caught up in chasing the lies that they they fail to see that because it's not as cool it's not as hip it's not as trendy it's- yeah it's and it's you know it's also hard yeah it's also hard because you know when 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 all you see is yourself your own struggles your own desires you know, everybody else is peripheral it takes it takes it takes a, it takes a, usually a big event something and it's you know, not all the time but often catastrophic um, at least according to the person's own life to to switch that gear you know we value ourselves far more than we value others and we value our own our own um our own way uh far more than we far more than we value what is true what is right and what is good and until until something breaks through the fog we can't we can't see it we can't see it yeah Absolutely. I, I, I like, so, so I think that one of the things that we need to do is, and we've talked about this on countless podcasts before is deconstructing and breaking apart your own ego, right? Because if you have a strong sense of ego, you're going to be, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a people. I want to have like a mansion and, you know, mad girls or whatever. Right. Like, so the first thing that you need to do is deconstruct that ego and realize you're not that important. And when I say you're not that important, I don't mean that in a condescending, you're a little ant that's to be crushed, but in a way of like your priorities aren't necessarily the most important priorities. I'm not saying this to crush like I, I do believe in like a God and I do believe that every life has significance, but your personal quest for wealth is not of the most paramount of importance. That, that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to throw out there. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're indiv- like, I do believe that each soul or each individual life is significant in the grand scheme of things, but your individual, I need to have like a $5 million house journey is not that important given the calamities of the world that we live in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, right? Yeah, I had to really kind of uh, tether, I really had to like break that apart. Now, I want to kind of take this conversation in a slightly different direction about why Mm -hmm. we avoid truth. I I think, I, I didn't even think about what you said about us following celebrities. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that. My mind actually went into a much darker place I I actually think that a lot of us don't want to hear the truth 
because we're afraid of admitting that each of us is selfish, that human beings are selfish, that human beings are narcissistic. Mm. And I think the individual, like, like I've said, the individual struggles to see the evil within themselves. They, they're, they're averse to seeing it. And anyone who tries to bring that to their attention, no, 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 we're all good. We're, we're, we're all like little elves and lollipops and fairies and whatnot, right? And the first aversion is like, I can't admit that there's evil and selfishness within myself. That's, what, that's, that's the first hiccup that all humans go for is that they're unwilling to see the evilness within themselves. And then that extrapolates to the larger society because there's a grim reality of like, oh my God, so much of what human beings do is pure selfishness. And it frightens, it frightens the crap out of everyone to think that we're this nasty parasitic species destroying the planet. Like we can't, like it, it's so scary to, to fathom that we are the virus or we are the problem. But here's my argument. You could take that in a very negative direction and, and you know, make all sorts of nasty conclusions. Or you could say, man, there's some really dark things about human nature. How do we spot these things out and how do we correct them? If you don't spot these nasty things out, like let, let's just go with the assumption all human beings are selfish. Okay, let's just, let's just pretend like that's true for a moment. If we don't acknowledge that that's true, how can we possibly correct for that? You know what I mean? Like you have to, like, again, you have to really study evil in order to be able to correct it. Yeah, that's where you, you're right. That's where the conflict of interest comes in because we are interested in ourselves. We're interested in our own advancements, our own pleasures, our own, um, our own uh, comforts and safekeepings. And anything that, any truth, quote unquote, that comes to in, to in any way touch that or to remove that, we fight. We, we, we'll, we'll take it to the mattresses. You know, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll fight to the death to, to preserve ourselves. Now, it's important that human beings, I mean, it's important that we recognize that we're, you know, we're not really God's gift to earth because well, we certainly don't behave that way. But most people, most people really don't think that. They think they're good people. Most people think they're good people. They, I mean, say, you know, um, I've never hurt anybody. I, I try to do right by people and uh, um, so forth. We, we, we often see ourselves as, just decent chaps. We don't think we're saints. We never think we're saints, but we often think we're good enough. So we never see ourselves as demons, or we never see ourselves as saints. We're just in this middle ground of, you know, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. But, you know, good enough for what, really? And it's only, you know, every now and then people wake up and realize that, no, they're, that they're really selfish. People, some people wake up and, you know, I'm, I'm really, I like, you know, I, I like Bill, Bill Burr does this comedy, this, uh, this, uh, uh, it's a comedy special where he's, you know, he he talks about the he talks about how society's trying to get rid of shame, and he says, you know, um, he looks. You mean you mean you never looked yourself in the mirror, mirror and just said, "My goodness, what an just what an awful piece of work you are." Like I can't even I can't even look at you. But most people do that. Most people have that morning, that day when they when they when they've 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 taken their folly to the to the extreme and they've, you know, 
they've come out of it thinking to themselves, there's something incredibly wrong with me. But until that happens, until until that happens, it's not, it, it's usually, it's usually, it's usually self-realization. Maybe someone, somebody might say something that reminds you or that points, that points, points to it within you. Or you might see a film or write, read a book or have an experience that points to that within you. But um, before that happens, we, we, we usually think of ourselves as really decent chaps, really good, and really and, and good enough, good enough to make it by in life. But, but, but we're not, we're not, it's evidence that we're not, you know? Okay. No, I, I, I love, I, I absolutely love what you're saying. So I think there's a few remedies or a few ways to get to that. And I agree with you when someone tells you, if I told you, Kenny, you're not a good man, you're going to go on complete self-defense mode. No, no question about it. So all of this stuff does have to be self-actualization, right? It can't, it can't be top down. You're a bad person. Feel shame. Put your head down, sir. You're a bad man. You know, like it can't be any of that because people are going to defend themselves tooth and nail. It's like their self-preservation is just going to kick in. So I think one way that we can get people to realize this is perhaps failure is a good way of kind of, because I think failure forces the individual to reflect so if you think that you're an awesome person, but then you stop getting invited to birthday parties, you stop, you know, people just stop talking with you or whatever, it kind mm. of forces you to, to reflect and like, was it, was it all those inappropriate jokes that I was making? Maybe, maybe that's why people don't want me around, you know, like it, it, like it forces the individual to reflect on themselves. So failure is a good way of opening people's eyes because they realize they're not getting anywhere. The train is stuck in the tunnel. And the only way that that train is moving forward is some kind of change or realization on behalf of yourself in order to move forward. So I think that fa failure is wonderful at doing that for the individual. Yeah. It really forces people to wake up because they don't have a choice. It's like, you're not moving an inch further until you realize this ugly thing about yourself. Yeah. I also think that this is happening in the larger society because we as a species, we're failing as, as a species. We are absolutely failing because we do have all of these uh, existential threats and, you know, things looming, you know, the pandemic, the climate change, uh, income inequality. So we have all of these larger things. And and I agree that can't be like I, I don't like these people who just blame society first and don't look inward. That's not right, because if you can't see the ugliness within yourself it's harder to see the ugliness within society. I think studying yourself, and that sounds selfish, but I actually think if you study yourself and see your own blind spots and shortcomings, you're gonna be a lot more adept and a lot better at seeing those shortcomings in others. So the first thing yeah. is to study yourself and see the ugliness which is there, then you're going to be in a better position to see the ugliness of society. Because we're, we're failing as a species right now. We're absolutely failing it because and I think the reason that we're failing as a society is that we don't want to hear truth because truth holds us accountable. I think that's what this is because everyone, everyone out there loves podcasts and they love um, seeing, you know, everyone, everyone is addicted to YouTube videos and podcasts about aliens. Why do we like talking about aliens so much? Because it's like the furthest thing from the truth. And it also removes all responsibility from us as individuals and as a society. If I can just sit there and be, oh, the aliens are doing this. It's the aliens that are controlling us. 
you know how easy that is to say? It's like you just blame everything on the damn aliens, and now you don't have to take any responsibility for anything. It's the aliens that are doing this. They're controlling our currency. They're making this pandemic spread. And it's like, no, man, you need to start listening to the truth. And that's the the reason why people are so quick to blame, to basically outsource their problems on fiction is because they would do anything. They would rather believe the most ludicrous of ideas than actually take some personal responsibility for why they, their lives are messed up and why the world at large is messed up. Well, it's, yeah, you'd be surprised the kind of, you know, holes and loops we'd be willing to dive through just to avoid looking at ourselves. It's, I mean, we cry, we scratch, we scream, we, we just, you can't, you can't just, you can't get us there. The only people in our lives, they can never get us to a point of truth of those, you know, like mentioned earlier, those we, we respect and those who we have put in charge, those we have said, yes, I will listen to you, you know, come, come rain or hellfires, you know, come rain or high waters. Now listen to this person. But uh, but usually those people those people don't give a crack about us, and we, we we can rarely ever meet them because those people are you know either you know celebrities or people who are um, um, on Mount Olympus. So yeah, human beings are often very dis, you know disengaged from, and we don't converse about these things because it's too the things you don't talk about at the, at the dinner table, politics and religion, and those things those are two th- categories where truth is incredibly important. You know, and those are the, those where people disagree the most, and uh, so you, you'd be you'd be surprised how far we go to not only avoid the conversation, but when the conversation is had, um, how far we would go within the conversation to to keep our own stance, even in, in even even in the face of reason, even in the face of reason, how far we would go to um, to put the blame on someone else or to to twist the narrative and so that we could keep believing what we believe and, and not have to make any changes whatsoever. We're, we're, we, it's almost like we're, we have this allergy to the truth and allergy to things that make us, it doesn't have to be true, but anything that is controversial, anything that is contrary to what we think inspires an amount of fear and self-defense that the, the most reasonable man, at least is the most seemingly reasonable man turns into this, you know, um, feral skunk. And there's, 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 there's very, very little that we can do about it. Listening to what you were saying, it just made me think of something. I think most human beings would rather destroy themselves than actually admit the truth. Like that, that, and when I say the truth, something negative about themselves. Like most people would rather destroy themselves than actually come to terms with there's something wrong with their character and that it and they need to take ownership over it. it it's almost it's almost as if like people are, no no I'd rather destroy myself. I'd rather just sink go down with the ship. And we're each saying this at an individual level. We're individually we're saying that because you could talk to some guy um and and you know I sometimes encounter this with um people, a good example of this would be people who are uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol. They, and they, and you know, they go to the doctor, listen, man, your, your liver's failing you. You need to do this. But there's some people that, that they would rather drink themselves to death than actually 
confront the fact that there's something wrong with themselves. They'd rather destroy them, literally destroy themselves than actually admit that their behavior is wrong and that it needs changing. So that's happening on the individual level. And it's, it's happening at the macro level as well, where it's like, we would rather destroy ourselves than admit that, than actually see the truth. And it's, 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 it, no, it, it's actually very frightening. And I, 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 I wonder if there's a way that we can like override this programming, right? Because we have this, this, we have this programming within us that says that our egos are so important and they're so fragile and they must be preserved at all costs necessary. But it's like your programming, like the computer code in our brain is telling us that you're, that preserving your ego is more important than preserving your very life. That's insane. That's insane that that's in our DNA, that, that like, that, that the, the program, the computer code to preserve your ego is overriding your, your own instinct to even save yourself. How do we get past this, Kenny? Uh, so <laughs> what you described here is, um, is very, it's a very interesting phenomenon about, you know, that, uh, in the human experience, um, and you ask, we ask the question of how do we, how do we get past here? <laughs> I am not a magician. <laughs> what am I, a witch doctor? <laughs> do I speak and bring things, bring things to life? Man, I don't. Here, here's here's my here's what I'll I'll tell, I'll, I'll I'll be straight with you. I I personally, and I could be terribly wrong, so. If there's anybody who you know knows better, please let them let me know. But I personally think it is not it is not possible. It is not possible. The only, or should I say, it's not possible in the collective sense, in the individual sense, because we know that saints have existed throughout the world, or we because we know that there have been extraordinary human beings who have somehow overcome this. I say it is possible in, in an individual sense. Now, what's the formula? For, you know, what's if asking if you know, do I do I believe we can replicate this? No, I don't think we can replicate this. I think this is something that happens in individuals' life based on certain phenomena that that are out of their control and out of my control. But collectively, can human beings, in a flash, in an instance, come to repress the ego and you know desire life? Oh hell no. Now, I don't, I don't, even if even if it was even if it were possible for human beings to accomplish that for one another, I don't want to know what it would take because the only way I can see that happening is a whole is a whole lot of bad things. It's a whole lot of it's a whole lot of evil things. But I, I do believe you know, on an individual level, people's lives can change. People's interests, people's loves, people's um, devotions can change from self to other, from hatred to love from darkness to light, from, um, from ignorance to wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I believe that. But what, what does it take is a, is a, is a good question. And I, 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 it's, uh, it's something that each man must find out. It's something you have to find out. You have to desire. If you desire it enough, I think, I think you'll find it out. Um, but collectively, I think it's impossible for us to achieve without going through all kinds of nefarious and wicked means. Okay, so maybe like I agree with you that it has to start on the individual level first. And 
maybe let, let me I'm going to give you this roadmap and I want I want to see what you think of the roadmap. OK. OK, suppose we get it. We, we start developing a society that does stress that the individual look inward and start correcting their behavior. So you start you start having fathers that start inwardly saying, you know what, I'm taking all my wages and I'm gambling my wages away or I'm buying it on nonsense that I need. My son really needs a new pair of sneakers or my daughter really needs that graphing calculator for her math class. I'm going to take my money. I'm going to start spending it on my family. So I think you could start off with a society where individuals are starting to like look honestly into their own souls and look honestly at their own behavior. And then they start correcting that, you know, very localized environment, AKA their family and, you know, their immediate family and their immediate friends or their immediate coworkers, right? So I think the first step is you take all of these individuals, start training them to start looking inward. And it's really difficult to do this because when you start training them to look inward, you sound like a condescending douche. And it's, it's really difficult to get individuals to look inward without being a condescending, uh, you know, idiot telling them what to do. So we have to figure out a way first, getting those individuals to start treating their families better and start behaving better on that localized level. I think if our society starts moving in that trajectory, and again, I don't like, like I said, in the last podcast that we did, I don't demand a hundred percent efficiency rate. I just, I just demand 10% efficiency or 15%, like just gradual improvement. Doesn't have to be, we don't have to get it right on the first try. Just has to be like some upward trajectory, just some upward movement. I think that if you can be a good charitable father that thinks about his wife, thinks about his kids, when you become a CEO or a politician, that won't leave you because you've already been conditioned to be like, hey, my daughter needs a new graphing calculator. So that mindset when you reach a position of power, you're going to be like, my employees need a new laptop in order to do this. Or my, my employees are you know, overworked. They need some more PTO time. They need more vacation time. They need more sick days, right? So I think that if we train the individual to be more selfless, when that individual gains a foothold in power, then they're going to also take the lessons. They're going to take that same selfless behavior and and start using it in that position of power. And we're also going to start looking at politicians differently. Instead of looking at politicians and see, oh, well, I respect that guy because he has mad money. Instead of respecting these people because they have lots of money, we can condition the individual to start respecting people because, wow, that person makes mad sacrifices. So I think, I think it's a system of values. Once we train people to start being like, oh, I respect that guy because he sacrificed X, Y, and Z for his daughter and his son and his wife and so forth, that's real respectability. Instead of being like, oh, I respect this person because they have like a chauffeur and a nice car. I think we can start getting there. I'm not saying it's a beautiful process, but I think that there is a roadmap. There is, and to be frank, Kenny, if we don't follow some type of roadmap soon, we're on the verge of extinction. So I don't, I don't even see us having a choice but to get better. Well, it's like, you know, <laughs> let's just say that I do agree with, our, with, with, with the fact that, you know, we might be heading for extinction. It, if it's, it's like the person who, you know, the doctor tells him, you have to stop drinking, mate, or you're going to die. And he says, you know what, doctor? Up yours. I'm going to have me a beer tonight, maybe six, maybe, maybe 10 even. 
because the addiction or the desire to drink is far greater than the desire to live. Humans have this, we have this capacity where the only, I don't, I don't know if we're the only, but we're at least we're the only one that I know of, creatures who are, you know, far more willing to go straight into a known danger and uh, for the sake of our own desires. So, I, and, but I do agree with you. I think that it's possible to train people. I mean, this is why, this is why parents are important. That's why the family unit is important. This is why schools and teachers are important. And this is why, you know, whether it's your, your mosque, sorry, your Muslim, Christian, or Buddhist, whatever it is, your spiritual teachers are also important. Because what's happening is you're molding you. Each, each unit, each, each category is molding you to be an emblem of this, to be selfless, to be, to value the right things. It's, that's, you know, I think it was Aristotle who, Defined education as loving, um, um, loving the right things and hating the right things. So it's the idea is that we educate people, young minds, most especially. You can't get all minds because there's always going to be students that are that just don't care. They just don't care, and you then you can you have to say, okay, how do we make sure that all the parents are doing things the right way? Well, you can't without forcing your hand. Or all the teachers are doing things the right way. You can't without forcing your hand, and that's what we try to do, and end up making, you know, even more miserable teachers who end up becoming more, who end up making miserable students. You can't do that with the religious people too, because well, it creates the exact same environments. But let's just say that all things work well. This is the training ground: parents, teachers, and um, spiritual leaders, helping um, these students to not only value the knowledge, the, 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 the known world, but also knowing how to interact in this world as living autonomous beings and growing up to value what is, what is good to value mm -hmm. and turning your face away from what is wrong, what, 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 what is valueless and what is you know, basically a sham. Um, and I would say that in an ideal world, that's where it happens. It, it happens in your youth. And so that when it, it carries over to their adulthood. So when they do become politicians or CEOs, whatever it is, or even just, you know, McDonald's employees, that they're, they're ideal and exemplary people doing things in, in you know, in, 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 a, in a very selfless and hardworking and really brilliant fashion. Um, but to do this, to do this properly, perfectly for all the world is, is something out of, I mean, the, you're, you're talking about making cyborgs. You're talking about making, you know, robots that 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 will be obedient at every turn. That will be that will make the. I mean, that'll make the split second decision to do. You know, it's it's too. It, it, when we're dealing with human beings, we we, we just we're we're too wild. We have we're too much of a wild card. And so I would say that it's possible to affect the lives of maybe three, maybe four, maybe 10 students, but to affect thousands upon thousands upon thousands of students on a yearly basis is just, it's, it's unattainable as far as I can see. I'm a little more optimistic than you. Now, I don't believe, I, I don't believe in 100%. 100% is fake and imaginary. You'll never get to 100% of anything. No, nothing in this world is 100%. I do believe in 70% or 75%. And here, here's, here, here's my belief for why we could at least get 70% moral behavior. 
you know, one, one thing I've always respected about China, for example, or, or maybe um, Confucius ideals or Confucius culture is this high value that they have for educators or this high value that they have for teachers. And, you know, if you do uh, speak to people who've come from China, they, 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 you know, they will buy their teachers elaborate gifts. They just, they have that respect uh, for educators. And that's an example of, you can have a moral doctrine because teachers, even in China, they're just not that well paid. So you can have a virtue system that teaches people to applaud certain groups of people because of their moral behavior and not because of their bank account. It, it is possible. And, you know, may, may, and I think even during the pandemic a bit, we did kind of have this renewed sense of appreciation for nurses who are just, you know, regular middle class working people. So there are enough examples in history of when the right people are, are in charge and the right values are being set, we can actually condition people to start valuing people who are morally good as opposed to just being wealthy. Now, are we going to get to that 100% like, you know, everyone is going to do this? No, 100% is a fake number. I don't believe in 100%. But I think we could easily get to 65%, 70% of people being like, yeah, I, I respect um, these hardworking individuals um, because they're doing the right thing. They care about society. They're making a sacrifice. I think we can definitely recondition that. Because right now, I would say that respect for teachers or selfless beings in America is probably at like 1% or 0%, right? It's, it's like, it's at absolute. So if we're at 0% right now, we can, we can only move up from there. So I, I remain optimistic because there are other cultures where teachers are respected, where selfless actors are that have virtue and have respect. So if, if it can be created in other cultures, I think it can certainly be created here. It's just a question of willpower. My good man, I hope you're right. I mean, I hope I hope I hope you're right because it's uh, it it would be it would be wonderful to see um, a place where you know. Um, where 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 we value the right things and so forth, I think I think it would be I think it would be a very 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 uh, refreshing change. Yeah, absolutely. I I think um, I I think that you know a lot of people don't do things because they're like, well, if I can't get a hundred percent, I'm not trying. And I'm like, just just calm yourself down a little bit. <laughs> it's just like if you can if you can do something and get sixty percent or sixty five, if you could make the world like 25% better, why not do that thing? You know, if, if, if there's like a value system or a virtue that makes the world 25% better, like, I, 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 I'm not joking. I think God is up there in heaven having a party. If he's like, well, the humans got 25% better. He, he is ecstatic. He is like happy for us. You know, you know, it's like, like, but you know, th that's all it's needed. It's like, if you, if, if, if you don't want to do anything, it's like, well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't reach a hundred percent, there's no point in trying, you know, sweetie, what's on Netflix right now? No, it's like, it's like, do, if you can make this world 10, 15, 20% better with something, that is a solid hardcore victory. And if, every, yeah. if everyone has that mentality of like, I can be 15% or 20% more moral or selfless in my behavior, if I can absorb 15% more truth, like when I talk about the truth, I'm not going to just pretend to you folks and be like, oh yeah, I'm 100% the truth, guys. 
I have blind spots. I have shortcomings. There's things that I'm not seeing right now, and I'm fully aware of that, and I'm trying my best to correct those things. So I'm, I'm, so I'm a work in progress. If everyone else can admit that they're a work in progress and that they, they, they too can grow and they too can make a 10% change, I'll take a 10% better world than a non-10% better world. That's, 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 that's the bargain I'm willing to make here. Um, yes. Kenny, yes. thank you so much for helping um, hopefully bring some truth to people's doorstep. My good man, thank you for having me. This concludes the 154th episode of the Truth Island podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.